Well, our next guest is an old friend of 21st Century Radio. Author and physicist Dr. Richard Allen Miller has been a leading authority in the fields of alternative agriculture, herbs, physics, and metaphysics for 40 years. His visionary work with alternative agriculture includes concepts like sustainability, intercropping, and forest farming. In the 1960s, Rick Miller formed protocols for the original Navy SEALs in the fields of parapsychology and paraphysics. He has written several best-selling books, including Modern Alchemist and several others, which we have discussed on previous editions of 21st Century Radio. He's joining us tonight to announce the release of his new book published by, with Nick Begich and Earth Pulse Press called ESP Induction Through Forms of Self-Hypnosis. We will also ask him for an update on his research into Cordyceps Mushroom, a superfood he manufactures and sells through his Northwest Botanicals Company, and which I've been taking every day since I learned about them in 2007. Now, if you are looking for a way to add more oxygen into your system and provide more energy to your day, I highly recommend this product. It certainly got me through painting... uh, repainting an entire mural, repainting an entire car, all within the period of about four months with no breaks in between. Well, I could say that's pretty good stuff. Welcome back to 21st Century Radio, Richard Allen Miller. Hi. <laughs> what are you doing there, Richard? I don't there, know Richard? what to say to something like that. Just hi. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, friends, I, as our listeners know, I haven't seen or read your new book so tonight we are just briefly overviewing it and you're going to be joining us again in the months to come after i've had a chance to read it richard what would you like to tell us about your new book esp induction through forms of self-hypnosis the model that we developed was for when the seal came to a fork in the road do they go right or left and they wanted a 10 second protocol that would give them like a three sigma error coefficient that meant there was like a 99.975% probability that the event was correctly chosen. How do you do that? Well, we discovered that there was an altered state of consciousness very near the conscious state of awareness where your ability and guessing increases over 400 times from where you are in normal place. That means that basically you could uh, make decisions by simply going into an altered state and then coming up with an answer and acting on it. It worked. Is this um, in any way similar to any of the work that was being carried on at the uh, Institute of Noetic Sciences or, or uh, with Robert John out there at, at Princeton? Well, the Noetic Sciences, of course, that was started by Dr. Charles Muses was uh, it's a really uh, incredible organization, but um, they're Trust and direction, I think, was a little different than, than the original intent. What we were trying to do was give uh, our Navy SEAL an edge over, uh, over common, normal states of consciousness. And there were a number of different things that we developed, not just, um, uh, you know, uh, being able to make a right decision with, uh, you know, a 99.975% mm. probability. It's almost as if and that's where we're going to go with my third book, that we're not really actually seeing reality as much as we're creating it. I see. Uh, the, have you read um, Dan Brown's latest book? 
No, I haven't. Tell me about it. Well, it, the reason why I'm just referring to it here is is that he did bring up one of the things that I enjoyed about his book dealt with um, his ideas in making sh- well making sure that certain information was passed out in regards to to um, Institute of Noetic Sciences and what they were doing there. You know, this is the kind of stuff basically that the media, for some reason, always misinterprets or misquotes or ignores or puts down, you know, one, one of those things. And that's the reason why... Well, there's I... a lot of biblical references to the possibility that this is not something that man wants to be pursuing. Um, rather than try to say that we're seeing into the future or we're soothsaying into the past, I would rather um, maybe suggest that what we're doing, that all the different altered states of consciousness that we were given were given to us for a purpose, and that that purpose is for our evolution of consciousness, and that rather than finding a lot of these states to be taboo, maybe we'd be better suited if we were able uh, to see them more properly as, you know, uh, part of why we were given these altered states. Now, certainly, some places aren't very nice to hang out in. You know, paranoia and fear, places um, of doubt, is not a very comfortable place, but it also has its purpose and serves a a useful function. Well, let's backtrack a little bit and repeat. uh, I just want to make sure I understand. How can you induce ESP through self-hypnosis? I'm going to suggest that ES, we're, we're always in a state of hypnosis. That's by definition what we want to say, you know, the fact that you're listening to my voice over, let's say, uh, the engine of an automobile outside, you exclude many things in your conscious state trying to, you know, focus on a given point of view. Now, what we really want to talk about is the depth of hypnosis, and there is a particular state of consciousness associated with the depth of hypnosis that allows you to make more proper guesses or be more close to reality than, let's say, where you are in a normal state right now. There are many uh, references to that. You know, a lot of the Indian tribes, the Tabayander, the Hopi, used to see dream states being more real, having more content than simply uh, those states in, of consciousness which were considered to be more of a dream than uh, normal. Mm-hmm. And so to go into these states and be able to extract a, a, a decision-making, do I go right or left, and then going on that, uh, the big question comes to mind, are, are we creating that reality or are we seeing it? And I think that the Bible's interpretation was that we, in some cases, wanted to uh, try to control our reality. And in fact, it isn't that we're controlling it or seeing it or, or uh, uh, seeing into the future, having godlike uh, powers, but really the brain, the brain can be seen as a four-dimensional hologram of five space. That means, theoretically, almost any kind of reality is potentially available from uh, from a perspective of where you're going to view what's going on from the brain. That that means that our current movie that everybody is not very you know happy with can be actually changed. Do you, by the way, since I have not read your book, do you give 
fear exercises as to how to do this in your work? Oh, yeah. There's, uh, the, uh, the book itself has a number of guided images um, where they're meant specifically to take you down to that state of consciousness where the best, thing, best guessing occurs and then to uh, um, bring you back up into a state where you can then act on it and do something about it. Well, I see chapter titles like Brain Patterns and Biofeedback, Dream Studies and Self-Hypnosis, Relaxation and Self-Hypnosis, Remote Viewing and Self-Hypnosis, Belief Systems and Self-Hypnosis. Would you care to elaborate on one of these in our limited time tonight? Oh, yeah, no problem. The ability to see uh, and understand these different altered states of consciousness means that you need an understanding of what an altered state is really all about. And that's what we're about right now, trying to define that by biofeedback and other kinds of technologies that are used to measure these various states of, of consciousness. Um, biofeedback is good for measuring things like whether or not you're in an alpha state or a beta state or, you know, even a delta state or, or there's different states of brain states of consciousness that are associated with hypnosis, but they are not totally related, and that's why the guided images are needed to take you into this place where you can at least have some kind of sense of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What kind of images are you talking about? What do you mean exactly? You said I'm by sure. using guided images. When you said okay, well, when you're in an alpha state, you, you can't actually see uh, things like chairs and people and faces. What you normally experience when you're in a light alpha state is colors and a streaming uh, uh, unrelated uh, imaging, you know, that you get with phosphenes or when you push your eyes, push, push your fingers against your eyes and you have all these light colors that come out of your eyes. Um, that state is quite different in terms of the way the brain is processing, the way the brain is accessing memory. And uh, it's believed that these different states, there is associated with them different places that you can do things that you cannot do where you are in this state. That's what the whole thing was about, is to be able to go do something Mm -hmm. uh, that you can't do in a normal state of consciousness. That's what altered states are really all about. The government was doing studies back in the early 70s. They knew that certain mind alterants, uh, like ketamine and telepathine or BZ, would cause, if a veteran were on it, it caused the changes of everyone around them, their, their reality change. How does that work? Nobody understood that it wasn't a contact high. There was something else going on that was very, very important, and uh, we still have not yet actually gotten into uh, detailed answers yet, but we're now getting closer and closer with the study of altered states of consciousness. Well, we're going to take our first, no, actually our final break uh, of tonight's show. We'll be back with our guest, Richard Allen Miller. And our guest, our final guest of this hour is Dr. Richard Allen Miller. And uh, he has a new book. I haven't read it yet, so that's why he's going to be rejoining us in the months to come, called ESP Induction Through Forms of Self-Hypnosis, by, published by Earth Pulse Press. We have um, a website, part of the website. If you just go under books, it'll have a list of all the different books I've written. And uh, 
hopefully as I'm increasing, I've just switched over to Joomla, so I'm planning to have uh, a number of other uh, books, uh, details. You know, like some of my books have gone through a number of different reprintings, and some of them are really interesting. You know, there, the potential, I mean, the, uh, the Magical and Ritual Use of Herbs now has sold 197,000 copies. Good Lord, and it couldn't come at a I better know, time. I know, it surprises me too. Yeah, it couldn't come at a better time, especially during this time period of... Our, uh, our the health conditions in this country. Um, now, hey, but well, before we run out of time, please tell our listeners about the Cordyceps mushroom and how your company, Northwest Botanical Botanicals, packages them for optimal consumption and what health effects they will notice when they start taking them regularly. I. Um was very lucky. My, my partner, Swan Gardner in Canada, he's been my partner now maybe uh, 37 years, uh, has ownership and is good friends with John Holiday. So we were given the uh, uh, distributorships for Canada. We have Canadian distribution. Now, the Cordyceps sinensis, uh, this, year, this year the company has increased their productions to such an extent they're now producing in excess of 200,000 kilograms per month. That's uh, unbelievable production. The hybrid form um, is like basically uh, 5.4 times stronger than um, the uh, uh, forms that are normally either grown or cultivated by other people uh, or even picked wildcrafted, and we're at the same price. Now, what that mushroom is about is poly saccharides. The polysaccharide is a huge, long sugar molecule with more than 100 oxygen molecules in it. And as the sugar molecule is broken down, the oxygen is released on a cellular level, and you simply can't get enough uh, uh, oxygen in your blood uh, or on a cellular level like that. It's just probably got to be one of the best foods ever developed for men. Um, it not only gets rid of cancer because, of course, cancers can't exist on a, on a, in an oxygen-rich environment. It regulates blood sugars. It allows a number of different kinds of functions to happen that would not normally otherwise happen with the way the body is and the way the lungs are inefficient in terms of getting oxygen into the body on a cellular level. So it uh, obviously enhances physical stamina. Oh, yeah, well, that's what the Russians use. They use the Cordyceps sinensis as a way to win all their Olympic gold medals. And, of course, when they were tested for the drug, it was approved that it was basically a food and uh, gave them extra benefits of being able to run faster, run longer, run harder, and maybe run just a little bit better than they might otherwise. That, that's very interesting because I remember that time period uh, when there was such great controversy. It was it was either in the late 80s or the early 90s. Uh, when No, this was the most recent Olympic Games. Oh, the more recent they used ones. the Cordyceps high, uh, sinensis um, in what they called Performax. Basically, they took all the different forms of Cordyceps militants. You know, there are maybe five different uh, species in that genus, and they combined them into... Uh, uh, food rather than doing what normally crows do, like with with um, oh you know honey, that kind of thing, trying to enhance their performance during their competition, and it worked. It worked so well that now uh, many of the various 
uh, uh, horse breeders are using it for their thoroughbreds to break records and to do things that weren't normally otherwise able to be done that way. Um, they're using them in uh, dogs, uh, which is specifically for animals. You know, if, if you're going to try to make the human healthy, you might as well also try to do the same thing for an animal. Sure. And that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, um, we have a, 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 another product that we're now starting to develop where the, the, uh, for racetrack horses and breeders to get uh, where we take oats and we inoculate the oat with the mushroom so that when they're eating the oat, they're getting the mushroom as part of their diet. Oh, it works pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll imagine it does. Uh, so, but there's a whole list of things here, the, the specific ailments. So, um, how the, does it assist in the area of problems with AIDS and HIV? Well, uh, there's clinical studies that are now showing that as an adjunct therapy, it can't hurt you at all. Mm-hmm. The only thing it can do is make things even better. Currently, the local domiciliaries here in the area are using it for hepatitis C. After six weeks of use, they're finding that there's no presence in most people's blood that would have otherwise have hep C or something. I see. But let me read this list uh, real quickly so our listeners know. This is an extraordinary thing here. Improves respiratory function. Increases oxygen absorption. Improves heart function. My God. Helps maintain healthy cholesterol levels, improves liver function, improves kidney disease, reduces tumor size, assists symptoms of aging, protects against free radical damage, helps discomfort from tired legs. I guess that has something to do with horses, huh? Is that yeah, the, well, yeah, yeah. Improves yeah. sexual function, enhances immunity and T-cell function, reverses HIV. That's a, quite an extraordinary list there. Well, yeah, the, the mushroom is a miracle thing. It, it actually uh, gives you um, – I, I don't get sick anymore. I take uh, quite a bit. It takes a while to build up, and that's the basic problem with it. A lot of people start – they think that if, if a little is good, a lot is better. And that's not necessarily true until the body can build up a, some kind of an, uh, an immunity to uh, being able to generate those uh, proteins necessary to tear down – the, the mushroom. Um, and so what happens next is if you take too much of them, a lot of people might experience something like lower bowel problems or something mm-hmm. related. Well, I had that. And, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I had that problem in the beginning, but that worked itself out uh, faster. Well, basically, uh, what you can do uh, when Duncan, uh, there's a really good article in Nexus Magazine, uh, not in the last issue of Nexus Magazine, that, and it's also online for download, on, on cordyceps as a true superfood. It basically uh, gives the clinical studies and some of the other things that were developed around that to make this food so special like it is. Um, But what I was going to say is that there are uh, ways that this mushroom is, like, for example, uh, Asia, right now, Coca-Cola Asia is using uh, this cordyceps as a way to give you energy and speed over what they used to use, which was caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coca-Cola West uh, here in, in uh, North America does not do that yet because the market knowledge of this mushroom is fairly limited. People don't really know um, uh, 
much about it here. In, whereas in Asia, the mushroom's been used for, oh, shoot, maybe more than 200 years. It's everybody really quite familiar with it. We have about 30 seconds left. What would you like to leave our listeners with before you before you can join us again in the well, months to come? Yeah, what I'm planning to do this next year is offer a series of workshops around the ESP where I can take you into guided imageries and show you how to do this for yourself. Now, the second book, which is due out in February, I'm, I'm shooting for February right now, is called Power Tools for the 21st Century. This is part of a three-book series that Nick Begich is putting together on the evolution toward the evolution of consciousness. Basically, the third book is titled The Non-Local Mind in a Holographic Universe. I'm basically going to show you how the body basically uh, is like a battery where water and photons hitting water uh, cause the concepts of cold fusion in the body and how uh, there are possible series of different kinds of things that you might want to consider doing and that uh, were used. What we, we are out of time right now, Richard, and, and obviously we're looking forward to your joining us again so we can check into those matters. See you next week on 21st Century Radio with Zahara. 21st Century Radio is produced by Hieronymus & Company. Our executive producer and research assistant is Laura Cortner. Our engineer is Anita Brockington, and I'm Dr. Bob Hieronymus.